talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> And then I'm talking <laughs> No, but wait, wait, I have something for him. Boom, you get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the news. That's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast. I am your host, Moses Soria, and with me, to my left, my brother Josh. Uh, it feels <laughs> good to be back, I'm not going to lie. feels good. feels good. So the curse of the podcast is back. Oh, you, you just haven't heard last week's episode. Oh, it's a curse. Obviously, this is a mini-episode. Audrey's not joining us. My brother couldn't join us last week because he was busy with life, and he and but he had a segment ready, whatever, so without... Letting it go to waste, we're just like, fuck it, we'll just continue what we did last week and just have a little mini episode on it. So last week's episode, Achi and I, we talked about a few things, you know, that were cursed and sinister. And one of the things, too, that I completely failed, I don't know if I failed to to, to make that, to put that point across, but last week's episode wasn't about th- things that were, I mean, it was about things that were haunted, because like, the thing about the episode was kind of all over the place. Yeah. We talked about different things, and one of the... And uh, what what I what me and actually try to put out there was there are some things that are evil and haunted for no reason, and that's what that episode was. Just, fuck it, yeah, like for no reason. Like, why is this? Like, actually talked about a painting. We mm-hmm. put that painting. We put that painting up on our Instagram. It's just an mm-hmm. evil painting. It creeps Which people was out. It was just a creepy ass painting. I saw it on on, on our the Instagram. Post. Yeah, it was. It was, it was weird. a creepy ass picture. Mm-hmm. You look at that picture at Weird History. He retells pod. And we talked, and that's and, and that's what last week's episode was. So if you guys didn't get that point across, I apologize. I'll do a better job. It wasn't just because when I looked at it from a scope of not knowing, like trying to not knowing what I was trying to go for, I'm like, this is just seemed like a random episode, just like a bunch of evil shit. But what I tried to put across was there are some things that are evil without rhyme or reason, just shits that are evil. Like the forest that I talked about, like the clearing. The scientists don't know why nothing grows there. It's a clear, it's a... The most haunted part in a forest of one of the most haunted forests in the world. There's a part that does just does nothing grows on there. Nothing grows. They tested the soil. They tested everything. They're like the soil's good. We don't know why n- n- nothing grows there. But there's been people like um, one of the things I didn't mention in the episode was there's a guide of that forest. He says that when he was showing people this forest, whatever they showed up to the clearing, and yeah. there was over sixty people. 60 people trying to open a portal to a different dimension. Imagine going to a haunted... Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. Yes. Imagine going... You're you're on a tour guide. The tour. I mean, you're on a tour of a haunted forest. And the tour guide's like, Hey, you guys want to see the most scariest forest? Scary yeah, okay. Of the scariest forest in the... One of the scariest forests in the world? You're like, yeah, for sure. You show up. Don't mind if I do. And it's a clearing. It's just an open field in the middle of the forest. Uh-huh. Just in the middle of the forest. And you just see... 60 robed people chanting, trying to open a fucking portal to a different dimension. But how did he know they're trying to open a portal? Because I guess they were chanting, they were doing a bunch of shit. I don't know if he interviewed people or he asked them or he's like, Hey, what's up, guys? What are you guys trying to do, huh? He, he just goes in between the crowd and like, so what's going on? Excuse me, excuse me, coming through. Yeah, um, we're trying to raise Cthulhu. So, that you know, that's one of the things that I wanted, that that episode was about. Just, just shit that's evil. Just makes no sense. For yeah. the he's just evil for the sake like of Joe just, Dirt. Just why the rainbow exists? It just does. It's just it just it just <laughs> it does. just does. And one of the things that I talked about in last week's episode 
were a couple of self spells that you could put on yourselves to help you along your way. There are spells. Like a blessing? There are s- kind of, but they're called self spells. Self spells. Self spells. And I grabbed some of these self spells, self spells from this week and last week's uh, source, which is called The Little Book of Curses and Maledictions for Everyday Use by Don Ray Downton. This little book is amazing. My brother used it too for this week's episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thing about it was there are curses that you could put on yourself to help you along your way. And if you guys want, this is the last week's episode to find out what those curses are. But because I put that type of energy out there in the world where you, you, there's some self-curses that you could do about how to better yourself because you're a procrastinator. Things Have you, you tried to do. Nah, be honest. That shit. Don't lie to me. You I'm seem like to. someone that would try it. Mm. Fucking I probably sh- <laughs> I probably should try it. So because I put that type of energy on the world, I thought it would only be right if I absolve myself from any karmic liability. Hmm. So I thought I let you guys know about a few things you need to know before you begin messing around with spells. And thanks to again the little book of curses and maledictions, <laughs> I'm gonna read off a few things from there. 16 things to know before you begin. And one of the things, so it's basically just like a Q&A. And so I just grabbed a few of these, of a few of this Q&A from the book and just, that's what I'm going to cover. One of the first things is, why would you put a curse on someone anyway? Like, why? Because uh, fuck them. Basically. <laughs> fuck them. Well, the answer was because obviously you've tried everything else, right? Sorry to stop you there. But did you know? There's something called Fuck em Fridays. What is Fuck em Fridays? Just fuck it. Fuck them. If it's individual, fuck them. If it's a scenario that's happening, yeah, fuck it. So it's just a I don't give a fuck attitude Friday? Mm-hmm. But that's everybody's Friday. No one gives a shit. There you go. So it's Fuck em Friday. Fuck, fuck em Friday or Fuck it Friday. <laughs> All right. And what's today, bro? Fuck em Friday. Fuck em. So one of the things, that, so why put a curse on someone anyway? The per, the reason to put the only reason you'll do you'll put a curse on someone, where you'll resort to putting on a curse on someone, is because it's your last resort. It should always be your last resort. You've obvi- you've obviously asked nicely. You've been patient. You've been reasonable, and you were even you were even willing to compromise. Cursing someone is a lot cheaper than a lawsuit, and oftentimes less painful than a fight. So. Putting a curse on someone should always be your last resort. If you have a beef with somebody just because, like, your manager is being a dick with you, there are curses where you can help, where you can make them do a bunch of shit, like, forgive you, but you sh- that should always be your last resort. You have to talk to them. You have to do a bunch of shit because when you're dealing with curses, you obviously deal with karma and things of that nature, and if you believe in karma, you can believe in curses. I mean, if you believe in curses, you kind of have to believe in karma, and if you did the worst thing right off the bat instead of trying, because if you could have done something good, to change the outcome that you wanted, it's gonna come bite and it's gonna come back and bite you in the ass, right? And one of the other questions was, what well, something that you always something that you kind of think about in terms of like items and things you need for curses? Well, the question was, what if I don't have a goat to sacrifice? Because mm-hmm. when you think of sacrifices, you automatically think I need to sacrifice a goat. So the thing about curses is that the effects of a curse can be powerful. But the ingredients you use are commonplace, and mostly everything you need is already in your kitchen, your fridge, your medicine cabinet, your backyard, your garage, you know, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of times, ingredients are needed for their energy, 
an association and not necessarily for the thing itself. Like, for example, let's say something occurs, something describes you need to sacrifice a goat. Well, in some cases, you could off, you could sacrifice a cow or a sheep instead. And what if you don't have a goat, but you have a cow or a sheep? Obviously, I'm just using the most macabre. Uh, do you think the, I have a fucking cow or a sheep just laying around in my garage? But what do you think would be easier to find? A cat. A cow. A, a fucking cow. cat. A cow. So many times, a lot of ingredients could be interchangeable. So do yourself a favor and do your due diligence before you start looking sideways at your neighbor's goat. Right, and one of the other questions is, will it work? Will my curse work? It will, if you believe in it, and if you follow the rules that I'm about to bestow upon you. Like, did you know that ladies in the Middle Ages scribbled spells and incantations in the margins of their prayer books, and those fucking incantations worked. But you also have to remember that sometimes not doing anything at all can sometimes be, be the best thing to do. And the reason why they, uh, they use that example of the ladies scribbling spells is because you, you think, I'm going to need a book with candles so I can write this spell and calligraphy and doing all this shit. Yeah. No, they just wrote it on the edges of a book and because they believed in it, it happened. Hmm. So that, that, and that's, that, that, that's what that example is for, for you to use your will just for you to hope it works just you manifesting it believing it let me ask you a question do you think putting on putting a curse on someone's a bitch move depends like i think it's a bitch move like like, really i don't know just me it's just me i wouldn't put a curse on anyone well obviously we're fucking (laughs) We're six three. Everyone else is fucking a lot smaller. If we need to intimidate somebody, we just Height we just we, matter. It does in a lot of cases when it, right. you just if you, we just gotta yell and people like like eight ninety percent of the people are like oh <laughs> shit yeah and they're just like all right so listen. listeners just jumped right now mm-hmm. I jumped <laughs> and remember sometimes not doing anything at all is sometimes the best thing you could do. Not every problem can be solved and some battles just aren't worth fighting for and sometimes the stress can poison you hmm. sometimes stressing over it will it work will it work with the spell work with it's gonna, you just have it's to let it yeah. just do it and just do your spell and just let it happen go on about your day laying a curse shouldn't make you bitter nor should you be obsessed with its outcome just do it and hope for the best. Just don't be obsessed. Like, this, like for example, like, I don't know, like, you want your supervisor just, obviously I'm just using supervisors, but you want your supervisor just to calm down, not to be a completely dick. So every day you're like, is it being, is it being mean? Is it being mean? Is it being, just let it, just do the curse and let it work for you. Don't stress over it. And if you are, you probably won't get what you want. So step back and let your curse work for you. No monitor, no monitoring, no fussing, and especially no touch-ups. By touch-ups means, like, so for what example, curse means, or one of the curse makes you, let's like, for example, makes you burn a piece of paper with the name of the of the guy whose curse you want to work mm-hmm. at the end of the spell. Yeah. Well, if you notice the spell doesn't work, don't go back and keep burning the name of the paper. Uh, Just okay. let it happen. All right. So what happens if you uh, keep doing it? 
you're just gonna fuck it up and it's not gonna work because obviously if you keep doing it I mean you're not believing it that it's working mm-hmm. okay right you fucked me up fair enough so considering that there are a lot of curses you may ask yourself how the fuck do I know what curse to use for what well good thing the little book of curses and malediction breaks them down into four basic types mm. so we have the revenge curse we have the warning curse oh i like that one then we have the binding curse okay and then we have the repudiation curse i think it's called the repudiate the what the repudiation the repudiation curse the fuck did you just call me now let me go ahead and break down what each type of curse is and what they're used for okay so obviously the first one the revenge cur- the revenge curse this is the type of curse to use after you've been stabbed in the back and nothing else will do. You try talking to the person, nothing happens. You try compromising for, for some shit and nothing happens. Well, you use a revenge curse. Betrayals are pretty common, so pick your battles. And remember that not everything calls for a curse. Be responsible and know when to walk away. Hmm. Right? Then we have the warning curse. The warning curse, you use this, and it's you, so you basically you cast this type of curse to word to ward off a betrayal coming down the line. I don't know how you would. I don't know if you're in the deal. I don't, that's a tricky one. That is because how are you gonna know the betrayal is coming down the line? That's why it's called the betrayal. But maybe maybe it's just for in case like you have dude, a gut feel, yeah, like intuition. Yeah. Like, ah. This dude's gonna fuck me. Yeah. So, uh. He's gonna fuck you, and he's not gonna fuck you on fucking Fridays. Mm-hmm. So that's. <laughs> so that's. So that, uh, well said. Well said. That's the warning curse. I, I mean, ah, uh, fuck. Hold up, hold up, dude. I, I don't wanna move forward without. Hmm. Uh, well. Wouldn't you wanna. I mean. Or maybe it's just an in case. Maybe it's, maybe it's more just. You do it so no betrayals come down the line. Let's for example, for example, but like I'm, say, for like let's say okay, I'm, for okay. example, I'm gonna use myself mm-hmm. and the situation that I'm in. For example, like right now I'm starting my own business, right? And right now I have four business part four business partners. Okay, okay. I, I'm 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 friends with all three. Well, we're all friends. But let's say for example, I didn't know one of them as well as the other as as the others, mm-hmm. right? We are about to go get a huge loan for this business. I'm gonna use a warning curse. Just to be like, I'm going to use it on the dude that I don't know as well. Just so he doesn't fuck us up. Just so he doesn't steal the money or do anything. You know what I mean? Just to ward off a betrayal that might be coming down the line. Yeah, but but how would you actually know well, that's he why you, was going to be tra- like Like, get me. Like, once somebody fucks you, you know he, he or she fucked you. And you're like, okay, I can't trust this fucking dude. He betrayed or me. this chick because, you know, he betrayed me. But if you do the warning, you wouldn't. You, you can't know. You just assume. Yeah, and that's the thing too. You're not supposed to put curses on innocent people. Yeah. So that's a. I guess that's, that's a tough. One. That's a wild card. That's a you wild. That's a judge. That mm-hmm. you. That's a judge. You. You do the judgment call on that one. That's that's for it's, you. Uh, the warning curse. For me, I'll probably flip a coin. Leave it to fate. And then we have the binding curse, hmm. also known as the neutralizing curse, which ends stalemate. Which ends stalemate. Stalemates. Wears down enemies, gets you noticed, and gets your calls returned. 
Whenever you can. What lonely son of a bitch. Uh, fuck it. Okay. Whenever you can. Whenever you can. Choose a binding curse instead of a revenge curse. When it comes to the black art of malediction, less is usually more. Binding spells are gentler and more idiot-proof than revenge curses. And it will leave you feeling better in the long run. So always use a binding curse instead of a warning curse. I guess for situations where we're like, mm, I'm not sure, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. About using the warning curse, about a betrayal. Because what if it's like, um, for example, what if it's like Ocean 12? No, Ocean 13. Ocean 13, remember the the, the Ocean 11 movies? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Remember the last movie where they're opening a casino and the dude fucks their best friend? Yeah. Well, the best friend, he could have used a warning curse because he's fucked everybody, but he hasn't fucked you. He hasn't fucked, he hasn't done anything wrong, but everyone that you know who's gone into business with this man, fucked he's over. fucked over. And you're currently in business with him and he hasn't fucked you over. You're just like, you know what? Just let me do this warning curse. Because if you would have done the warning oh, curse, you, bitch. we wouldn't yeah. have needed Danny Ocean. Well, I get it, in. bro. I get it. You're a big fan of the fucking, fucking ocean fucking I series. I fucking right? love those ocean movies. Yeah. And lastly and not least, we have the repudiation curse. And these will guard you from organized malice. Basic- guard me from what? From organized malice. Oh, okay, okay. So basically for institutions that mislead or hurt people. Like we were talking about a little bit earlier. Like the company that makes Four Locos. You know those motherfuckers are responsible for so much evil in the world. The people that make Four Locos, they're responsible for so much evil in the world because their product has made people do stupid shit. That's what the repudiation curse is for. To use it against them to guard you from the evil. So, people, not monster. Monster don't do shit to you. Have you not seen nope. the whole... Shut the fuck up. That shit's funny Shut as fuck. Shut the fuck no, I mean, up. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. It's funny. For, the, for, it's those, funny. for those of you guys that do not know what my brother's talking about, it's a video of this lady who's cons- who's convinced that the monster energy drink Monster energy drink is a satanic drink. And she breaks it down from everything from the monster logo being what? Uh, the 666 in what kind of language? It's a Middle Eastern language. I'm not sure which one it is. Yeah. Where each each little each, thing each is a six. Each scar is a three. Or no, yeah, each, six, it's six. It's a six. So it's a six, yeah. six, six. And the O and the monster is a cross. And you're like, well, that's good. But when you sip on sip it, it's, in, it's, it's inverted. inverted. Fucking stupid, and, and there's the something about in the back. something about milfs. Like there's something about milfs for the for the BFC. Oh, for the big fucking yeah, can. Yeah, big fucking can. On the box is something about fucking milfs. Or, not about fucking milfs, but something about enjoying milfs or some shit. And then the the whole uh, unleash the beast. So please watch that video. Just look up monster lady, monster Christian lady. She blew the fuck up and just laugh like a motherfucker, like we all did. And last. And not least, here are a few more tips when it comes to dealing and casting spells. Never try out a curse for just a fuck of it, because you will never like what happens. Hmm. Ignore, and tip number two, ignore the little things that happen to you. It happens to all of us. It's just, it's just, it's life. So next time you're thinking about cursing your boss who made you leave work a little later than usual, and now you're blaming him because you got into a fender bender, Stop, because that's life. And only 
that's not his fault. It's just life. Don't try to. I'd have known that if I would have gone early. Shut the fuck up. Remember, you should <laughs> only curse when you truly can't get it any other way. Yeah. Tip number three. Never, ever, ever, ever curse someone who's innocent. Never curse someone who might be innocent. If you can't cause if you can't cause a curse without causing collateral damage, then stop. Just stop and wait until your enemy or your target is the sole target of a curse. As for example, you want to curse some dude for him to get sick or for him to do something, but he's going on a trip with his wife. She's going to be collateral damage. Don't do it. Mm. Because she didn't do anything. Yeah. Just wait till he's on his own. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. An- another tip. Curse only when your cause is just and true. Don't be on some petty shit. But but that's what a curse is. No. Usually, when you think of a curse, it's petty shit. No, you don't. That, that's that's when shit comes and yeah. kicks 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 you in the dick. And last but not least, exhaust all other options first. Try talking to them. Try dealing with them. Try having them in the room so you could talk with them. Try. Um, compromising, try to do everything in your power to solve this problem. Because jumping right into a curse will almost always have you regretting it. But that being said, Moses, you mentioned earlier that uh, I couldn't be here for the last episode. And my segment was a bit longer than this one. This one uh, kept a bit short because this is a mini episode. So, uh, like you said, I got um, two famous curses from uh, this little book, Curses and Maledictions for Everyday Use. And uh, that being said, you guys may or may not he- uh, heard of these two curses that I'm about to um, elaborate and explain to you all. Starting off with number one, we have Curse 27. To those who are 27 and are still a fucking virgin, you will die. As a virgin. For those, for those of you that do not know, this is basically the 27 Club. That's what this curse basically is famously known as, the 27 Club. It's not People don't really associate it as a curse. They just, like, oh, it's a coincidence. It's an Illuminati plot. It's just a bunch of shit. But for in our case, it's the curse of 27. All right. Are you going to finish? Yeah, go on. Because, yeah, I was, I was totally joking about dying as a virgin at the age of 27. Fucking... Prick. But that being said, the curse is particularly attracted to rock stars, right? Artists and famous actors. But for this case, I'm only going to focus on uh, famous rock stars that died at the age of 27. And here's a list of famous rock stars that died of the age of 27. Starting out with number one, we have Jim Morrison, singer of The Doors, cause of death, heart failure. Number, se- uh, number two, we have Jimi Hendrix. A pioneer uh, electric guitarist from the Jimi Hendrix experience. Cause of death. Asphyxiation. He died from, according to uh, sources, he died from uh, his own vomit. One of the things that I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe you guys could elaborate. Maybe I'm just an idiot. But remember that famous picture that we we see him in Woodstock where he has his headband? Yeah. Well, there's, I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it's just... Or maybe it is true. It's amazing if it is. But I heard he laced it with LSD. So he dipped it in acid. 
and wrapped it around him. So when he's sweating, it gets into it gets into his pores, and he just gets high as fuck while playing. What the fuck? For real? That's amazing. That's another. I'm gonna do that. That's. But with monster. monster. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew it. Oh, you're gonna die. Uh, number three, we have Brian Jones, a Rolling Stones co-founder and guitarist. Cause of death, drowned. He drowned by misadventure. Uh, to this day, they still don't know how he drowned. Did he get pushed? Was it suicide? To this day, people are like, "Oh, so he was by himself or something?" Yeah. So they, what, like, they just it, found him. Was it a pool? pool? Yeah. Oh shit! So it's crazy. I don't know how they labeled it as a misadventure. Yeah, misadventure. Who the fuck's having an adventure in their backyard? How high was this? Oh, it's Rolling Stones. He was probably high as fuck. Number four, we have Janis Joplin, vocalist for Big Brother and the Holding Company. Cause of death. Drug overdose. I didn't know she was 27 until literally like a few minutes before we started. When I was going down the list. I was like, Janice Joplin? For what, For some reason, I thought she was old when she died. She looked old. Or maybe it's just because this happened a long time ago, so we're assuming it's old. Because she died when sick. What the fuck? Oh, whatever. Go on. Number five, we have Alan Wilson, a.k.a. known as a blind owl. Uh, the lead singer of Canned Heat. Cause of death, also by drug overdose. And then we have Ron McKernan, a.k.a. Pigpen, the keyboardist and singer of the Grateful Dead. Cause of death, the gastrointestinal hemorrhage associated with alcoholism. And last but not least, we have Kurt Cobain, the lead singer and guitarist for Nirvana. Cause of death, suicide by gunshot. Now, this is just a short list of famous, uh, quote-unquote, rock stars that died. But we have uh, also actors. Obviously. Uh, artists. For, for rock stars, just not to... So for... I mean, we have Jonas Joplin, but to add some more female yeah, in, yeah. into the list, we have famously, Amy. infamously, Amy Winehouse, who died mm-hmm. at 27 for uh, alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Right? One of the ones who, for the longest time, I thought was on this list was Cliff Burton, the original bassist of Metallica. Mm-hmm. But he was 24 when he died. I thought he was 27. I don't know why. I don't know why I, I assumed he was 27. He was 27. For, I assumed he was 27 for years. For years. So you thought he was part of this club? I thought he was part of the 27 yeah. club, but he was 24 years old when he died. Okay. Believe it or not, he was the same age as Tupac. 24. Tupac was 24 when he fucking died. Are you, you going to make another club? It, it's crazy how... Well, I mean, he, he got killed. He didn't <laughs> Oh, true. true. He, he got killed. He got killed. There's a difference. There's a difference. Uh, it's crazy because, like, I'm like, okay, we know what Club 27 is, Curse 27, but I'm like, where did this, like, originate from, right? So I look into it, and it, it recently, well, not recently, but it was created after the death of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, that's, that's when it started, you were that's telling me, that's when, when they started putting yeah, the pieces together, right? Pieces together. Oh, shit, look, this person died, Jimi Hendrix died, this, this and that, and you piece everything together. It's like, all right, I mean, fuck. There's like, there's some weird rumors. I mean, not rumors, but it's like some. So the the whole reason for the twenty seven club. The, a lot of people say it's the number twenty seven. It has to do with the number twenty seven. Mm-hmm. But when you look up the number twenty seven and what it means, it's a good number twenty seven. In terms of numerology, it means like love and like heartwarm, like heartwarming. Like it's just a good number. It's just it just means. Nothing, nothing negative. It just means nothing negative. It's just a good positive number. Mm-hmm. Like there are just some numbers that are just evil, like thirteen. 
that's associated with evil. And then there's like the number 11. I fucking hate the number 11. That's a good number too. And then there's a fucking... Um, so 27 is one of those good numbers when it comes yeah. to numerology. And then I remember reading a long time ago. I was trying to look for it. I forgot where I fucking read it. I don't know where I read it, but I remember someone talking about how a lot of these people that got famous got famous really young. So they got famous before they found out who they were as a person, right? Okay. They got famous and they got rich off of this persona that you put on stage. Because, like, it's true. It's true. Like, I like like I used to be in bands. I mean, you were playing for people. I wasn't thinking. I was, like, pe- people didn't see me as the guy who who... Who has like 35 cents in his checking account. I wasn't the guy who only the last $20 he used for gas just to get to the show. They didn't see the dude who was hungry on stage. The only dude they see is like, dude, this is the dude who's writing the music that I fucking love. So there's this weird disconnect of when you're, I'm assuming when the article said, there's this huge disconnect of these musicians where they're like, they love me for a person that who is projecting the best parts of me and not the real me. So that's a lot of them get into drugs just because they just, there's this huge tug and pull. And um, just for whatever reason, there's this thing where like you're just dealing with it for so long that a lot of people snap after the article. I, I, fuck, I think they said five years where it's like, that's when they started battling their, their evil addictions. It's usually like a five year window. And it's usually they started, they started pretty young. Started 21, that's the legal age. They were able to drink outside, like, freely without being judged or whatever. 21, yeah. 22, 22 years old. And then when they hit 27, it's just like they're just broken and they just can't find a way out. And they just end up offing themselves. I forgot what this article was. I want to say it's, I want to say it was a Decibel article from a magazine called Decibel. Fuck. Remember Decibel? Yeah, fucking it. I, rem- I, um, I think it was a Decibel article. I can't remember, but they were talking about Kurt Cobain. That was the main reason. It was a Kurt Cobain article. And they brought up Amy Winehouse and they brought up in the, in the article they were talking about. Ther- uh, uh, they were talking to therapists and psychologists. And that's one of the things that I've, I re- I strictly remember, still to this day remember, reading that article. They're like, yeah, it's just a developmental process. It's like a stunted de- developmental process of the, like this weird like tug and pull where it's just like you as a person, you want them to like you for who you are, but... They like you for what you do for them. It's not who you are, but it's what you do for them. You know what I mean? It's 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 kind of um, similar to uh, funny people. Yeah, right? they project this fucking uh, funny, fucking uh, enthusiastic, and they're some of the darkest, saddest people. And then once behind the scenes, right? There's this um, there's this uh, clip or meme on that saw on uh, on on fucking Instagram. It's this this guy where it says. Uh, Fun people when they go home. The funny dude, he walks home laughing and then oh, it's a sad song. Yeah. He takes off his hat and then he just, just dwells into his yeah, depression. And, and that, sadly, which is true. And that's what happened with Robin Williams. Yeah, he was one of the most peace. beloved funny people. And he's like, dude, depression sucks, dude. Depression sucks. We've all dealt. We know people. We've dealt with people who've. But it's crazy w- to. Won and lost. How, how crazy it is how these, these people there. They love the passion of making others feel better and smile and laugh. And but in reality, they can't do that for, for themselves. themselves. So which is kind of like this kind of re- shitty, you re- know? It's like yeah. fuck. And it's yeah. crazy too. Like like speaking about the whole musicians thing. One of the things that was crazy was like, obviously, I'm I'm never gonna be able to relate to it in this in the level that they did it. 
Yeah. That they did it like huge monument. But I remember the biggest show we ever played, we opened for Acacia Strain. We opened for Belay My Last. We opened for... Like the City? It wasn't like the city. It was this huge show that we went to San Bernardino. It was a huge fest. Mm. And we played the main stage. We played the main stage. We we were the last local band to play before the the big bands, before the before the Belay My Last, before yeah. the and we played the main stage. I remember we I from what I remember, I think it was like I, I want to say like two hundred people just watching us. Just like that was the biggest crowd we've ever played. I was 17, 18. Right, and we had a lot of people yeah, coming from local fucking shows, backyards. It was it was crazy. Yeah. It was bands that we looked up to, and the thing is, I remember, I fucked. It's crazy. Like I remember, I told my dad I was gonna go to practice. I didn't tell him I was gonna play a show in San Bernardino. Yeah. I had my dad let me borrow the truck to go to practice. The black truck. The black truck. He okay. let me the truck to go to practice, not to go to San Bernardino. San Bernardino is like about an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a license. And I took all the equipment, and I took all of us to San Bernardino. I was sitting there. I had no money for gas. People pitched in like four bucks, three bucks in the car. They pitched in because none of us, none money. of us, because yeah, yeah, none yeah. of us were working. None of us were working, and we only had money for food. So I had just five dollars. My dad go to practice five dollars. I had five dollars for gas. I was like fuck, and people were like yeah, here's four dollars, whatever. So we made it. To San Bernardino. I remember the whole time my dad was texting me, what time are you going to get home from practice? I need the truck. I'm in San Bernardino. We don't play for another four hours. I'm shitting it. I'm like, what the fuck? He keeps texting me. He's like, hey, what time? I'm like, oh, we're still practicing. We're going to go eat. And then after, okay, cool. He was just checking up on me. Just, you know, you yeah, know whatever. Yeah. Dad being dad. Just dad being dad. And then I remember there's that. At the time, at the, at the time, I had uh, my girlfriend with me. At She was my girlfriend at the time. And we we had broken up the morning of, but she had a ticket. And she wanted to come to the show. So she came to the show with us. So I'm driving. I had my ex-girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Who I'm not talking to. It was just weird shit. We go to the show. <laughs> Why? Well, it's because like, she bought a bunch she of tickets. She for gas. Well, she did. She <laughs> okay, did. okay. She really fair did enough, fair she really enough. for gas. <laughs> so there's all this shit. And I remember I was just, dude, it was just a stressful day. We show up. We were short like 100 tickets. We had no money. We were short because... What As a local short? band, to open for these huge bands, you have to sell tickets. Oh, and you guys were short. We were short, like about tickets. 100 tickets. It was like, everyone had to sell like 100 tickets. And everyone was how short. How much like per ticket? 10 bucks. Okay. Yeah. How much How much, How much? much were we short? $1,000. Luckily, the show was sold out. So we we're hoping, maybe there's people in line who are hoping to get tickets. So we show up to the show. Shut the fuck short up. Short of thousand dollars with no money for gas, no money for everything, right? So we go, we do it. We didn't get to sell all hundred. We, we were maybe short like fucking thirty tickets. We were short the money, right? But the show was just like it was so chaotic that we were the like we had to give the money. We waited to give the money right before we went on stage. Oh, they couldn't find us. They couldn't look for us, and they called us. Yeah, we're on our way because we were the furthest band. We're like we're from Compton or whatever. And the dude who was throwing the show, he was a, he was he was like a good friend of somebody we knew, and they vouched for us. That's how we got onto the show. Okay. No, dude, these guys are good. Network. Yeah. La, yeah. La, la, la. Like, hey, where are you guys at? Hey, we're from Compton. We're young. We're on our way over there. All right, cool. Because you guys are about to go up. You guys are about to go up. Ooh. So we're shitting it. We're online. Nervous. Dude, yeah. we're selling tickets. My dad's texting me. My, girl, my ex-girlfriend's my ex in the there. Like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? We're short. So we're like, fuck. We have to go up in 30 minutes. They're calling us. Hey, if you guys ain't here, you guys are giving us the money right now. You guys ain't going up. We're like, fuck. We show up. And the guys, 
You guys have the money? Yep. All right, cool. Puts it in his pocket. Doesn't even check. Doesn't, Doesn't even check. So we have 30 tickets. We're like, fuck. So we go. We play. No one out. No one who. So, this, so the sound guy fucked us. He didn't mic us so the whole place could hear us. Only the people in front. Oh. The front of the stage could hear. But it was like still, still like, I want to say like 200 people. I know, but still. Yeah. But it was that was the biggest crowd. And I, and I remember when I went on stage, not everything. I didn't. Everything, not just, every, everything just went away. So we were short money. We're like, all right, cool. We went off stage. Damn, you guys are sick. La, la, la. Because at the time, this is 2006, 2007. At the time, the big thing was like heavy death core, like suicide silence, carnifex, just mosh bands. Mm-hmm. These, that, was, that was the thing. We were the complete opposite. Our influences were like at the gates, like Dollar Murder, Carcass. So we were like a melodic death metal band. So when we would go, when we would play shows, it was just breakdown after breakdown after breakdown, all these bands. And then when we play, We'd be like this melodic death metal oh, band. People were, people were like, what the fuck? And like every time we'd go to a show, people were like, yo, what the fuck? You guys are sick. And that's how we started building that thing. So that's how it was at, after the show. We go off stage. People were like, what the fuck? You guys are, what, what? Like people were like, what the fuck? You guys are sick as shit. And they were giving us props because the bands before us they were all mosh bands. They're all hardcore breakdown, two step type of bands. They were giving us props or whatever. So we go out and we have a friend. Who, who was supposed to, who was gonna, who was gonna charge us to take pictures of us, right? He took pictures of us. Um, oh, like professional yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. He, he for to, you guys. For, for us. Okay. Um, right before the show, he couldn't get in because he didn't have any money because we were gonna pay him to get in. He was gonna. Oh, okay. He was, so he didn't have for sure. So no, because he was gonna buy his ticket with the money we were gonna give him. Ah. Uh. But we had no, we didn't have enough enough money to sell the fucking show. Fuck. So when he got there. We're like, hey, the show is sold out. How about instead of giving you the ticket, to give you the money, we'll give you tickets. And he was like, all right, yeah, that's cool. That's perfect. At least that way I could get in. Yeah. So we gave him the 30 tickets, right? He was going to charge us 150 to take pictures of us. We gave him the 30 tickets. That's 300 bucks. After the show, he's taking pictures of us. We get off stage and he's like, hey, here's the rest of your money. He sold all the tickets and we had 150. We had 150 bucks. We used that for gas. gas. We used that to eat. Fuck yeah. So it was just like crazy. So like I don't know. It's just like this weird like little thing. Yeah. So I can imagine that them when they're going on stage, all their problems go away. People adore them, and then when they get off, those people don't give a sh- don't give as much shit anymore. Yeah. That like, all right. I got my fix. I'm good. Now they're like, oh fuck. So that's that's yeah. basically they didn't know. Oh, it's a long way of going. Like that's a disconnect of why maybe they off themselves according to that article that I can't remember the source of. Wow, that was, that was an adventure. I, I again for the listeners. This is my first time listening to this story. I, you never talked about this. I mean, to me, that's still that, that's still one stuff. of the best shows ever. It was SummerSlam 2004, 2005, I think. Yeah, bet. I mean, the, that guitar is like your. Uh, you find peace with it. Everyone so has their own fucking nuts. passion, something, and you're just guitar. Yeah, it's crazy. And we were on the flyer too, like the flyer they passed out. Yeah, our name was at the very bottom, but still we're on still, the flyer. It's on the flyer. We're on the flyer, like sick. Fucking reminds you of uh, Monsters Inc. Fucking Mike Wazowski. Oh, when he was when like, only I'm like on half the of the season. I'm on the cover. Fucking hey, where the fuck was I? Okay. Yeah, curses. I, yeah, famous were, curses. You were done talking about the curses. Oh no, you were just finished with the rock stars. Yeah. So yeah. So that was the list. That was number one. And uh, the second uh, famous curse you may or may not have heard of is known as a Hope the Hope Diamond. 
Known as the largest blue and cursed diamond, it is said that it's been cut and cut again, and it ended up looking like a broken blue heart. Well, let me give you a brief uh, origin of this cursed beauty. Uh, the Hope Diamond is so ill-fated that anyone who touches it will die. So the owner, or even not the owner, if you just fucking touch a curse, a fill-aided curse, will be brought upon you. So let's dive right into it. Uh, this diamond was purchased by London banker Thomas Hope in 1830. His entire family died in poverty, as did of one of the stone's subsequent owners. So the person that owned it before also died in poverty. It's crazy owning diamond when you die in poverty. Yeah. When the when the when, when reality, the diamond is yeah. the, the, the symbol of And not only he was a banker as well. Which was pretty good fucking pretty good game. job. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good job. So the blue heart was then brought bought by an American jeweler, Cartier, known as Evelyn Walsh. So check this out. Who bought it because it was set to be unlucky. So she bought it because so what it wasn't caught her attention wasn't the beauty itself. But was because was because people were saying It's unlucky. It's unlucky. Which is stupid. I'm I'm just saying, if 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 something caught my attention just because it was unlucky, something's wrong with me. I would have I would have fuck around and find out. That's just me though. So she married uh an individual named as uh an, she married an individual named Ned McLean, who was uh, the founder of the Washington Post. No, oh. who was the right hair heir oh. to the Washington Post. My bad. Uh, the couple squandered the family's wedding settlements on the, this stone, and Evelyn wanted to bless it, according to. So she spent uh, the everything. She spent the everything they had on the diamond. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to bless it, right? So on the way to their blessing, a random storm blew up. She blew the fuck up. Lightning hit the church. Okay, they were in the church. Lightning hit the church. And they all blew up. Fuck. Nah, I'm just kidding. Oh, they blew shit. Up. Okay, so the storm came. Lightning hit the church. Fucking Evelyn's uh, maid, she fucking fainted. Okay, and so they were like, what the fuck's going on? So when they walked outside, right, when they walked outside, they were welcome nothing but sunshine and calm. So... Which is weird, because he wanted to bless this cursed jewel. Mm-hmm. That happened out of the fucking blue. So when he checked outside to see what the fuck's going on, there was nothing but sunshine and calm. So just picture that. It was probably a Friday, and God was like, fuck them! Fuck them Fridays. Mm-hmm. So this is where uh, the ill-fated curse started with the family Evelyn. The firstborn was killed after getting hit by a car. Evelyn took up morphine. She was addicted to it. Oh, shit. So she started drinking, and she took up morphine. Ned, who was the right heir to the Washington Post, was headed towards bankruptcy. The Post was auctioned off. And he lost it. And he was put to a home. Holy shit. At 24, Evelyn's daughter died of a drug overdose. Hold hold up. She was young. They were young? Hmm? She was. I'm picturing like a. daughter. Oh. Yeah. So at this point, they were kind of older now. Oh, okay. Ages passed. Okay. 
Evelyn's daughter died of a drug overdose. At the age of 24. At the age of 24. Evelyn died from pneumonia shortly after. That was it for the history of Evelyn Walsh and Ned. Check this out. The jeweler known as Harry Winston bought up the jewels that Evelyn owned. So her whole collection. The Hope Stone was part of it. Harry Winston, he didn't touch the stone. <laughs> He's like, fuck this. He bought it. Okay, but check this out. Winston donated the Hope to the, uh, to the Smithsonian, which is like a uh, uh, like collection of museums. Yeah, the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. So he donated to that. Check this out. The poor son of a gun who delivered this cursed item had the curse brought upon him. How the fuck did he get to touch the fucking diamond? He was in the same fucking premise of the fucking thing. He was probably just a, he was probably, a chismosa. I don't yeah, know. He, he, he's probably one of those nosy guys. He's like, oh, it's this diamond. This is Obviously, this is probably a long time ago, but I'm just referencing it. It was probably like... Probably grabbed it, took a selfie. He's like, hey, hey. flex for the gram. And then, bam, he died of. Well, check this out. His leg was crushed in a traffic accident. It's everyday life. Okay. Right. Then his wife died. And then his house caught on fire. Fuck. And because his legs were broken, he couldn't get out of the house fire. And he died inside. He died inside. Did he? No. Oh, fuck. There's not too much detail on it. Looked it up. Kind of hope there's more. But it was just one of those things that like, all right, we're done. Yeah. So, the Hope Diamond is currently on display as part of the Natural Gem and Mineral Collection in the National Museum of Natural History. So, it's there right now, to this day, right now. To this day. There has been uh, cases where uh, this diamond left the premise for certain uh, events, mainly royalty and stuff. Um, we need to take a selfie in front of uh, that fucking diamond. Uh, well, yeah, well, checks, uh, again, this story was from the little book of Curses and the Maledictions for Everyday Use by Don Ray. Daunton? Daunton. Okay. And then I looked into it, right? The curse or the whole diamond itself. Again, there's a long history. Like, this is the diamond that's been brought from, apparently, it was stolen from the French Revolution. It was uh, warred by kings and all sorts of oh, stuff. There's one of a the... lot of history to it. Bo- I mean, I don't want to say boring because people love stuff like that. I love stuff like but that. But personally, myself, I was like, all right, uh, it's a curse. So I want to talk about the most ominous segment of it. If if you see the actual history, there's more details on it. But they, they exclude, obviously, the curses and, and this ominous yeah. stuff to it. Which is, you know, it's cool to read about. But it's like, nah, I want... <laughs> curse, bro. So there you go. Though those two are the short uh two famous curses you may or may not have heard of. Um this book deals with a little bit more uh curses. Yeah, there's a few more examples of curses like the curse of the Pharaoh, which is the King Tut curse. Mm-hmm. Everyone I'm pretty sure almost everyone who's been fascinated with Egypt and ancient Egypt knows has, about this. Knows stuff. about the curse where like where they found the King Tut's um sarcophagus and then they were like where he was buried, his whole thing, and there were the curse. There was a curse out, outlined at the door where it's like, if you open this, death will befall be upon you. In his tomb, yeah. In his tomb, and people open the people that opened the tomb, like to get into it, they died. And the people who actually opened the actual king, his, the actual king's sarcophagus, they ended up dying. So there's like that famous king. T- 
That dude, that book is really fucking good. I like, I like that book a lot. There's a lot of self curses. There's a lot of curses in there too. Where you can just go ahead and read. It was on, it was on Amazon. It was like thirteen bucks. I got it. I got a few books. One of the books I need to burn. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna burn the shit out of that other book, just because I don't want to have one of the other books that I put in the last week's source. That that book has curses of how to summon the devil, how to kill people, how to do a bunch of shit. I'm just like. I don't need that kind of energy in the studio. So let me next time we have a bonfire, I'm gonna fucking throw it in that bonfire. Where's it at? Oh, it's in the it's in the table, it's on our uh, gaming table. It's, it's over there. It's over there, hidden. So yeah, guys, that is the mini episode. My brother just wanted to, you know, he wanted to have his own input. Plus, we needed an episode to go between last week's and the next week's episode. And we're like, fuck it, we're not gonna let his information go to waste. Now, and I didn't want all that karmic. I I don't want to have karma hit me in the kick me in the dick without me telling you guys a few things that you should know about dealing with curses and what to do about curses in general so there i absolved my hands whatever you guys do it's up to you guys you're responsible we're not advocating to do fucking curses either so i did last week that's why <laughs> you that's son why of a gun that's why I'm so, okay. what happens, so what happens when you miss an episode you don't know what the fuck me and Archie are doing Promoting fucking curses? We're promoting curses. I'll just talking Hi, about. Would pro- you like to curse someone? I'll just talking about so. plague islands. It's, it's nonsense. I missed nonsense. out. I missed out. And um, thank you guys for joining us for this mini episode. For this mini episode, join us next week. I'm not gonna say the topic, but it's a doozy of a topic. It's a hot topic. Hmm. We're gonna end it there. Hmm. Thank you guys. And as <laughs> always, if you, no one has anything else to add, you can find no us on one. Instagram. Who else? Me? It's <laughs> just me. And no, I don't. You, have you, else you can add us on Instagram. It's the Weird History. Weird History. Eretails Pod, where we post pictures. We're going to post pictures of the diamond. And um, thank you. And join us next week as all of us are going to be back together talking about something that we've mentioned briefly, maybe once or twice. For sure, we mentioned it on our very first episode, Atlantis. That's the only clue we're given. <laughs> That's the only clue we're giving. <laughs> ah, fuck that episode. Do that, but people still listen it's to that one episode. It's one of the highest ones. It's like, crazy. Fuck. So thank you guys. As always, we're the Weird History. Here we tell us pod.